Parents have a lot on their plate. My job is to also help them. That's today's guest, author, educator, and pedagogy master Lily Feyerabend, giving us an easy way to help build a bridge between students' homes and our music classrooms. Welcome to Music Ed Insights. I'm leadership trainer and former band director Alan Fire, here with composer and co-college music education program coordinator Steve Shanley. Each episode, Alan and I talk with national thought leaders in music education with practical insights for K-12 music educators. Steve, tell us about our guest. Lily Feyerabend is known for her work with young children and instilling a love of music within them. She has been an early childhood and general music educator for over 30 years and was also a longtime conductor for the Connecticut Children's Chorus. She is a frequent clinician at local, state, and national conferences, has presented over 200 sessions on music and movement development, conducts regional honor choirs, and teaches week-long workshops around the country. Find Lily's full bio, show notes, and resources at musicedinsights.com. What was a high point for you in this interview, Alan? I wish I had incorporated even one of her bridge ideas during my career. The Ask Me sheet would have worked so well in a lot of situations. What about you, Steve? Well, it was the many cool things that elementary music teachers tend to do that would be very easy for secondary teachers to do, and yet many do not. For example, invite the parents to watch a class or a rehearsal. So many great ideas, and they are available as a free GIA publication. She's energetic, passionate, and inspiring. Let's get to this idea-packed conversation with Lily Feyerabend. Lily Feyerabend, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. I know I've been guilty of focusing so deeply on what's happening in my own classroom that I can pretty easily forget what my students might be doing when they aren't with me. And you've suggested that teachable moments do not always happen in the classroom. I'm wondering, could you please elaborate on what you mean by that statement? I mean, is it even possible for students to learn if there isn't a teacher in their presence? Oh, absolutely. That's because the child, the student is the best possible teacher on the face of the earth. Um, so they learn by turning around to other people, giving to other people. They learn by just experiencing themselves as well. There's no guarantee that your student who comes in, let's be generous about this, twice a week, if we're being very fortunate for a half an hour, is going to experience music fully in that prescribed time. We become too much a uh, society where we label people and go, you're the music teacher, you do, you're the art teacher, now it's time for you to be artistic and now it's time for you to be musical. But music is all encompassing and we want it to touch every fiber of their being, not just the literacy component. We want them to connect to, to community, to society, to each other. And that's an ongoing thing 24 seven. It's not when you're in the music room for 30 minutes. The students already know the fabulous work that goes on in your classroom. They're singing and they're dancing and responding to music and they're writing and they're reading and they're playing instruments. And then they leave and they don't do that any longer. They know they've had a fabulous time together in your classroom. My mantra now is if it happens in your classroom, get it out. Other people have to know. Your colleagues, your classroom teachers have to know. And don't they want to know what's going on with their students in your classroom anyway? And your administrators need to know, your community needs to know, the parents need to know what goes on in that classroom. And then also by doing some of these bridges, you are also putting tools not only in the student's hand, but in their homes as well, their parents, their caregivers, their significant others, 
And then you have this outgrowth. The catalyst is in the music classroom. But then let's say if it's an Ask Me sheet, they're sharing it on the couch with mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, siblings, younger siblings, and older siblings. And then uh, if you do a family folk dance, you've got the high school kids, the middle school kids, the babies coming in, and it's everybody together. That's what I mean by teachable moments. Yes, happen in the classroom, but my God, an hour a week, that's it. So we also have partners in these people outside the classroom, but the child, the student is the conduit. And you are also the conduit to get a lot of these ideas home and share. Well, that leads perfectly into your workshop, Bridges, 12 Ways to Musically Engage Students and Parents Outside the Music Classroom. And I think you are probably most notable for your involvement and your achievements in the elementary or general music settings. And before we go further, I'm just curious if you see ways that Bridges is um, possibly implemented by our secondary ensemble teachers. Absolutely. There's nothing here or there's very little here that screams elementary or middle school or high school. It's a community kind of thing. It's building bridges at every stage you are at. Each one of us music teachers has the responsibility to educate the students as they come our way to make sure that they are well prepared for the next phase of their music development, which I have nothing to do with except I have to lay the groundwork. And as you say, my my career has been spent mostly in elementary, pre-K and elementary school. And having said that, an Ask Me Sheet home is not grade related. It's not school related. It is you want to get information from your home to the parent, to the greater community, no matter what they are learning. And that's my point. They're always learning something in every music classroom they go to, in, in conducting class, in ensemble, in jazz band, in orchestra, in choir, in every place. So if that's something that floats your boat, there's always an opportunity to send that home. And so it's called Bridges. Is this like uh, Bridges off the island of Manhattan, where we could just take one bridge if we wanted to? Or is this Bridges like the Florida Keys, where we have to take all of the bridges? Is this sequential, or could we just do one of them if we wanted to? Have at it. Very good question, Steve. Have at it. They're in no particular order. Whatever speaks to you, your school community, your students, your administration. This is nothing that you can do over a year and have it complete and say it's done. The Ask Me Sheet, I know I refer to this a lot, but it's like the number one easy, accessible, most direct link from the classroom to the greater community. Everybody's all uh, intrigued by this. Tell me how to do an Ask Me Sheet. Okay. Your kids have just proven to you that they are uh, masters now of frog in the meadow, can't get him out, take a little stick and stir him about. So they're doing that. And so then I close the book on that. They may not go home and sing it. They may not, um, you know, mom and dad, parents might not even be aware to go, oh, what did you learn in music today? Parents have a lot on their plate. My job is to also help them. And also as an Ask Me Sheet, I'm giving them conversations. I'm giving them opportunities to dialogue at home. I'm giving them the prompt, as it were. Anyway, back to the kiddo. This is to turn the child into a teacher. They already know it. All right. So the Ask Me Sheet, uh, and I'll have all the words to it. And it says, ask me to sing my song about a frog. Now we're talking about pre-K, K and first grade level at this point. Sure. But every teacher should look at it to see what they can send out home as well. And I think the important thing is to also send up an expectation. So the parents begin to pull it out and go, oh, is it ask me? Oh, 
there's music around it. Oh, I'm there's notation around it. I'm supposed to ask you about this frog song. And the kid goes, oh, oh yeah, I'm supposed to sing this for you. Okay, it's been a long week for the kid. They might forget. Ask Me Sheets have also taken on a life of their own in the classroom when other teachers have used what they know musically, let's say Frog in the Meadow, turn it into like a morning message in the classroom. You can have listening lessons. I, I put down what we've been listening to, what we've discussed. You can have books that you've shared with the children. You can have dances. So you're turning them, giving them the tools to go out and continue to educate and teach. And it ended up being, if there were going to be any concerts in the area, I was on the campus of a university and I wrote every month what the concerts would be. And parents would see that and go, oh my gosh, let's go to the guitar concert. Let's go to the jazz concert if they're free. But initially it was to turn the child into teacher and give that home. And I would tell parents to please clip them with O-rings or a ribbon. And as they accumulated them to keep adding them to this little booklet that they had, put it in the kitchen drawer. When the kids are driving you crazy, say, oh, here, here's your ask me booklet. Sing 12 of these and dinner will be ready. So they're revisiting what they did one or two times in the music classroom. We don't shut the door on it. If I share a beautiful lullaby with them, or if I share a, a beautiful folk song picture book with them, and then we're done after two or three or four singings and readings, no, send that information home and it takes on a life of its own. The parents may get it, the grandparents may get it. And then sitting together on that couch with somebody that they love, sharing that may be as Kodai says, the, the, the brings the joy of music to that child for a lifetime. And that is what there's no guarantee that's going to happen in those two half hour slots that they come to have music with a, um, a music specialist. I'm looking at these uh, different bridges here and I see parent participation slash demonstration classes. And I'm wondering, do I need to feel guilty that when I was asked to be a part of my kids uh, oh. uh, parent show choir that I uh, that I politely declined the opportunity to be in the parent show choir this year? Uh, is this a really important thing? Can you talk a little bit about parent participation as it relates to the music class? bless your heart. That's my way of celebrating um, music in our schools. Um, I want music in our schools. So parents need to be in the school to appreciate music in our school in that component. So we do invite all the parents to come in. Their parents are invited at any time of the year. But let me tell you, it's a lot easier on them when there are other parents there. And I would tell everybody in our classroom that whoever comes to visit are the parents that were able to make it. Here's your out, Steve. The deal is... See, that's is a problem, home. though, because everybody knows I'm a college professor with a somewhat flexible schedule. So... Uh... Oh, well, no, there's, <laughs> here's your first mistake. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. I've got to, you know... Um, but the kids know that not all parents can come, but whoever comes belongs to all of us. And it's our responsibility to make them feel welcome and comfortable in the music classroom. After all, they don't know what we're going to share with them, but the kids do. And it's nothing fancy. It's a typical music lesson, whatever the grade level. And we just, if we're doing a dance, we have them come in. If we're singing independently, we have the parents do, and they do. Alan, I wonder if you're kind of having some of the same thoughts I was having, especially talking about the parent involvement. And I feel like when my kids were in elementary school, I was invited to look in on the listening and learning and music making and everything that was happening. 
And I think back to my 10 years as a high school band director, and I never once invited the parents in to watch a rehearsal. They saw plenty of concerts. And now that these words are coming out of my mouth, I think one of the things the parents really enjoyed was when we had marching band rehearsals on Monday night, and they could come to the stadium and watch that. And I'm thinking, what a missed opportunity to not have them come in and just watch the music making as it's happening. Did that thought cross your mind? That's one of the thoughts that was crossing my mind. One of the regrets. I was also thinking about how I regret not taking advantage of the opportunity to go watch general music. When I had the chance to do that, I was thinking of the missed opportunities of having parents get a little bit more involved and understand concert band. You know, parents don't always support concert band or like, you know, the, the chamber choir as much as they might the show choir, the marching band or jazz band. And really having that, uh, what do you call it, a parent participation week for concert band, for concert choir, for orchestra rehearsals, for, for junior high and high school performance groups that you just get to hear two, three times a year, to have one or two parents come even, I think would make a difference in terms of their understanding how important it was. And the students would uh, would show off a little bit more too. I think it would add, a, add, add the vibe. I, I, it made me think of this also. I do a lot of youth leadership stuff with like marching band programs uh, in the fall. And they always want to know how to maintain some of the same energy and, and excitement of marching band in through concert band season. If parents were coming and hanging out and, and watching concert band rehearsals, I think it might help with that. I think it might help students think, you know what, this is something cool too, because we're being watched. We're being witnessed doing this. I, I'm going to turn on some energy here. Also. So yeah, I had those thoughts, Steve, and and more. Un unfortunately, mostly in the form of regret. Form of regret. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, Lily, the summer music CD. I like that idea. I'm looking at this now. And again, for our listeners, as we discussed in our intro, this is all available for free on the GIA website and linked to it from our website. So this summer music CD or could be a playlist now, maybe uh, for people who, who do not have CD players. I'm curious. One of the things that I always kind of struggled with, because this is something I did do only really for my jazz band students, unfortunately, in hindsight, adding to the regret theme, wish I would have maybe thought about making playlists or summer music CDs for the concert band students as well. But in trying to help our jazz students learn the language. And one of the things I struggled with was how long should that be? Do we give them a whole bunch of stuff and let them try it all with the risk of them possibly being overwhelmed or try to pick just a few cool things? Can you talk a little bit about your approach to how you picked the music for your summer music CD and about how much you might use? Sure. I, by the middle of October, all music teachers of young children, I guess elementary, we find that we're doing, gee, didn't I teach this to you in May? Gee, didn't I share this with you in June? Because the skills over the summer just tank and they just, you know, bye, have a wonderful summer, keep singing. So I thought, and it was just me, it was very primitive. It was on an old Bose and I'd done it for so long. They were on cassettes. But I just took the, the call and response songs that we had, the fragment singing, you fill in the blank, things that got them moving to the beat and singing in tune. I play auto harp and it was just me and the auto harp. They went home and that was something like the ask me sheet. Here's the drawer. Go listen to Mrs. Fire Robin and you sing. Go sing with Mrs. Fire Robin and then dinner will be ready. Or they put the CD, the tape and then the CD. And I got 
that part of the millennium came um, in, in the car. And they sang those, everybody, all the way. More to your point was to the length. I think I did 20 on my kindergarten and it got less and less as each successive grade because the things were more complicated. For your playlist, what is the purpose of it? Is it something you want to play when they come back in the fall? Do you want to get it into their oral memory? So when they actually, do you want them to, to pick it apart and play it by ear? What would be the purpose for it? And that would determine how long you want it and what you would put together. I think that's a brilliant idea. The parents could play it. The kids could play it. You'd be sending music home. I love the quote from Kadai that you have on the front of the bridges to the community. Often a single experience will open the young soul to music for a whole lifetime. This experience cannot be left to chance. It is the duty of the school to provide it. <laughs> I think every music teacher should have that quote uh, right above their computer and think about what we're doing as an important duty. And we are very grateful to you, Lily Feyerabend, for joining us today to share what I should point out to our listeners is just a little bit of a taste of Bridges to the Community. So many awesome things in there. So come to our website and we have the link for that for you to check it out for free, available for all teachers. So thank you again for joining us. Can you stick around for a couple of lightning round questions on some lighter topics. I certainly can. Thank you so much. It really is an absolute pleasure speaking with both of you. Oh, Thank back you at the- you. Back Sorry. at you for sure. So the next time we are in Connecticut, <laughs> what is the restaurant we need to try? I've actually got two for you and I can't divide them. Um, I walk to both of them. It, it's just, they're so beautiful and, and they're, they're chefs. And I'm going to mention their names. Is that okay? Please. Yes. Uh, Millwrights is uh, run by Tyler Anderson, who's, who is, has always been involved in the community and the greater Hartford community and has always watched out for all of his staff and cutting edge about um, how to make this a, a pleasurable experience for everybody. Very, very community minded. That's one. And the other one right around the corner is Metro Beasts. And Chris Pasperi has been around for a very long time. Again, community minded and, and the food at both of these wonderful restaurants is top notch. This might be asking you to pick a favorite child, but do you have a favorite (laughs) children's book? Um, It was Dr. Seuss. And I think this says a lot about me. And it was the Sneetches. And I was very young. I know I was just younger than seven. and, And my mother had just given it to me. What I was captivated by was the words. And now you're prompting on that. I've always been captivated by words and wordplay and the way rhymes happen and inner rhymes and outer rhymes and half rhymes and almost rhymes and like Sondheim. Ooh, I never made that connection. So Dr. Seuss was my early Sondheim and I love them both. Is that That, good enough? I love that. Dr. Seuss was my early Sondheim. That's That kind of blew my mind. Sondheim has a fabulous book, Finishing the Hat. Oh, look, I made a hat and Finishing the Hat, where he takes all of his, all the the musicals that he was involved with. And he, he, you even see his yellow notepad where he crosses off words and he uses another dictionary word and he uses rhyming dictionary and is, and it's, it's just a phenomenal flow of what's going on in that gorgeous brain yeah. word crafting and wordsmithing in addition to linking it to music that expresses it so perfectly a piece of music composer or performer that you wish more people knew about 
Can I have two? Yes. They're both playing on my mind. One is Anne Green Gilbert, who is a dancer, creative dance center in Seattle. If you go to YouTube and you you YouTube her, Anne Green Gilbert, you'll find her. This goes back to teaching again and individual differences. She brought movement into her classroom. She'll say, I didn't know how to teach young children or second grade math and science, but I didn't know how, she's a dancer. I didn't know how to move my body. Do you know the brain dance? Are you familiar with the brain dance? I'm looking at it right now. The brain dance warm up on YouTube. I was not familiar with this. Yeah. 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 She came out with the book teaching the three R's through movement. So she incorporated a lot of movement. Like, like instead of writing the R, why don't we be an R first? And so all learning takes place in the body. And I very much believe that. Um, and I try to reference her in all the workshops that I do. It's it's that important. My other one is, is Bikram Ghosh, G-H-O-S-H. And, and one of the world's most incredible and gifted and articulate tabla players. And when we talk about teaching rhythms and syllables and solfege in our curriculum in in this country, and then you hear these incredible syllables come out of his mouth, number one, and then he's able to play them on the tabla. um, And he's just so articulate. So I've I've been doing a lot of YouTube for Bikram Bosch. This looks cool. Uh, Looks like he's doing some uh, tabla electronica. That looks very intriguing. How about a book recommendation? And if possible, not having to do with music. I like biographies. I like nonfiction. I like to read how people get through things in their life, what they overcame or how they shared what their joy was or how they came to it. And I really do like Walter Isaacson as a biographer. Mm, Yeah, agreed. He's just really smart, really articulate, but I can read it. It makes sense to me. I just finished Da Vinci, actually. And then in the airport, I picked up Math and Da Vinci by somebody else. No, not, but it's like, you know, you, you start down this little rabbit hole. Steve Jobs and uh, Ben Franklin. What a great biography of Ben Franklin. And finally, a highlight from your most recent vacation. Is that for everybody or is that just for me? <laughs> This is, uh, I know that you were fortunate enough to take a very extensive, awesome vacation. And I would like to know what the highlight was. Yeah, it was a once in a lifetime deal. And it was really very, very nice. Singapore. People ask that, you know, what's your, it's hard to pick one. It's like picking your favorite child. Um, but Singapore was mind blowing. We got to Singapore before we got to Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And I'm wondering if we didn't hit Singapore first, if because those two were exceptional as well, especially Dubai. But Singapore was like miles and miles and miles. The architecture was every, it was like every building was different. And the reason was because we can. <laughs> why is this? Oh, because we can. Why is this? Why are there um, plants growing out of the 15th story and the 18th story? And, the, why, and one of them looked like boxes that you could pull out like drawers that you could because we can the architecture just really 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 blew my mind lily fire it has been a joy to visit with you thank you so much for uh, for coming on today with us it's been really cool it's really been my pleasure thank you both so much and thank you both for what you do and take the time to do this and then share with all of us. So thank you both. You've been listening to Music Ed Insights. Please support this podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing it. 
Reach out to us on our Facebook page, Music Ed Insights, or via Twitter at Music Ed Insights. Our website is also the place to find program notes, links, and a one-page download of this episode's key takeaways. That's musicedinsights.com. This podcast is sponsored and supported by The Normal Design, helping normal companies and normal people create memorable, meaningful, and professional designs and branding. Learn more at thenormaldesign.com. Also, Winterset Websites, website design and maintenance, wintersetwebsites.com. Group Dynamic, a leading provider of youth leadership workshops. Allen works with dozens of schools each year to help develop their leaders. Learn more at groupdynamic.net slash youth hyphen leadership. Or you could email me at allen at groupdynamic.net. Also sponsored by the Co College Music Education Program, they've got a website too. Just click on the link at our website or email me at shanley at coe.edu. New episodes generally drop every two weeks on Monday. Get current, stay relevant, music ed insights.